Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interviewed Jill Angelo, CEO and founder of Genev. I know you're excited because today we are going to talk about menopause. We've heard about menopause throughout the first, you know, 10, 12 episodes of this podcast. Everyone wants to know and innovate menopause. So Genev is the first ever online clinic for women in menopause. They're changing the stigma associated with women's health in the second half of their lives. We talked about the biology of menopause, which y'all know I love. It's my favorite part. I love talking about the science and the anatomy and the biology of different, you know, women's life cycle phases. So we get into the biology. We talk about how many women are entering menopause. And we also learned about menopause day. Did you know that menopause is actually a a day? It's the day that you have gone 12 months without a period. So I proposed to Jill that we call that day your menopause day and we celebrate it like a birthday. So let me know if you actually think that's a good idea or not. I think it is. We should all have a menopause day and celebrate it for our mamas and our grandmas and all the other ladies out there who've gone 12 months without a period. Happy menopause day. Enjoy the episode. All right, Jill, it is so awesome to have you on here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. What's it like in Seattle right now? You know, it is sunny and 70 degrees Fahrenheit for all of the people on Fahrenheit scale. Mm -hmm. Um, It's beautiful today. It's a Friday afternoon. Boats are out. It's glorious. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Houston has already surpassed the seventies. We're now like in the 85. So it's summer's here already for us. My mom's in New Jersey though. And uh, I think they're getting a winter storm this weekend. It's crazy. Uh, one of those like spring, you know, yeah. you think it's here, but not really. That's <laughs> yeah. bummer. It is Tough. literally growing up there. It's the worst snow of the year because you think you're done and it's, yeah. uh, it's not done. Well, yeah, I'm from the Midwest, and so I grew up with plenty of those. I totally know the pain she's feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Sorry, mom. I know you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you are the CEO of Genev, and we are super excited to hear about you and your journey into femtech and what you're working on because menopause is a hot topic that so many of our guests have talked about, but no one has worked on it yet. And so I'm really, really excited to to get into it with you. So why don't you tell our listeners about your background? Sure. Um, so I didn't always, I, I, ha- I didn't come from healthcare. I haven't always worked in femtech, um, but I have worked in tech. So my entire career was technology. Um, I spent 20 years in tech, uh, most of that time in big corporate space. So Microsoft in particular, mm-hmm. And I wasn't on the engineering side, but more on the marketing side and the business side. And I think the thing that really turned me on to what I'm doing now with Genev was um, in my final role there, I was chief of staff to the chief marketing officer. And part of that was helping to lead our 
our like senior women's kind of networking group. Um, Mm -hmm. We had these salon dinners and I got to know these women quite well. And their conversations over time really shifted, you know, from having kids or getting back to work or balancing it all to, um, wow, you know, I'm, uh, I'm really tired lately, you know, or is anyone else having a hot flash? And so the conversation Mm -hmm. dynamic was changing. And I just was kind of struck by that around is the workplace starting to pay attention to what these women need versus, you know, what they needed when they were postpartum. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, I ended up taking a three month sabbatical, just part of being there for a long time. And during that time, I met my co-founder who had built Neutrogena, sold it to Johnson and Johnson. And she was the one who really had the clear vision around menopause and how women were kind of silently suffering, you know, Mm -hmm. and there was just nothing being done in the space. And I kind of connected the dots. Um, For me, I wasn't in menopause yet myself. Um, but now I'm 46. I'm in perimenopause, so I'm kind of building the company uh, for people like me. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Wow. So when did you start, Genev? Uh, four years ago, in 2016, we launched our first product and our platform, um, and we've just really transitioned since then. Yeah. So tell us, what does Genev do? What do you offer? So we're um, we really bill ourselves as like this online clinic for women in menopause. Um, clinic meaning kind of three things. Number one, telehealth services, um, both with doctors, with health coaches. Um, and then second products, we have wellness products for symptoms, symptom relief, supplements, lubricants, hygiene products. Um, and third, we have community and education. Mm. Uh, and you know, it's a change that women are going through and community is really powerful in helping women transition through a change and, uh, and so we publish a lot of educational content and we've grown that community over time. Tell us more about these products. Are they like FDA approved products or because we, we've had a lot of people come on here and talk about the institutional barriers to getting things approved. Right. Um, so what tell us about your products? Yeah. So, you know, the majority of them are not, they don't require the FDA compliance or, or accreditation. Um, one of them does. It's an, it's a lubricant used um, intravaginally. It's a moisturizer and a lubricant. So kind of a two in one for vaginal dryness and atrophy um, and pain and discomfort. Um, and that particular product, my co-founder uh, formulated, uh, and that's really our flagship product that we started the business mm. with. And she did go through the FDA um, uh process and got a 510k clearance on that product. Um, and yeah, it's hugely, it's a huge process. It requires a lot of money. Um, so it was something that was done before, you know, we really, um, brought it on in the business, which I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, the other products, um, we've continued to formulate or curate with our medical team. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are dietary supplements. Um, uh, we just are releasing a new, women's vitality pack, which is kind of a multivitamin for women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s um, that focuses on all the nutrients that our bodies don't absorb as well as we start to go through the hormonal changes that we do. So FDA is is already been done. <laughs> um, we don't necessarily, we haven't set our sights on, on more product that would require FDA oversight, yeah. um, but it's certainly, it's certainly needed. When you started Genev about four years ago, was there any other products available for women going through menopause? You know, um, really none, or at least positioned in that way. Mm -hmm. Menopause was something A, you didn't talk about, and a huge social stigma. It still does. Wow. Um, But also, you know, which totally bugs me, and that's part of the reason why I'm driven to do what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, 
you know, there weren't a, a lot of focus on whether it was devices for temperature control or, you know, pelvic floor strengtheners. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that was just starting to come into the space. Um, obviously, lubricants have been around mostly for sex, you mm-hmm. know, targeted mm-hmm. at men, um, you know, so mm-hmm. products formulated for a woman and her changing pH weren't always the norm. But there's a lot more now, um, which is encouraging to see. Um, and I think in the last, especially like 18 months or so, mm-hmm. um, menopause has just kind of started to take off as this final area focused around women's health. And you're seeing a lot more products and you know, technology and services come on the market. Yeah, definitely. So as we know, menopause is multifaceted. And so let's dive into the biology a little bit because our listeners love to, you know, most of our listeners are, you know, like me, we're just learners. And we may say the word menopause, we may be, you know, activists for women's health and wellness. But when it comes down to it, we're like, wait, I don't actually know what's happening. Like, what is menopause? Can you walk us through what is menopause and what are the symptoms that a woman will experience in menopause? Sure. Um, so menopause itself is actually one day. It is the mark of 12 months with no menstrual cycle. You have gone consecutively oh. 12 months, no period. Okay. If you've gone 11 months, you get a period, you start that 12 back over again. Oh. And the moment you've hit that 12 month, no period or no menstrual cycle, you're, you're, that's your day of menopause. So everything leading up to that is perimenopause okay. and everything on the other side of that is postmenopause. I so, can't wait till we live in a culture where that day is celebrated. And then we like continue to celebrate that day every day afterwards. Wow. That's actually a great, that's a great idea. Cause it's kind of like, I think it's like, whoa, this is like the first day of the rest of your life yeah. with no period how liberating. And, um, and it just kind of opens up even there's been studies around the shifts in hormones that are happening in your body that have led up to that day, Uh unleash new space for creativity. And, you know, um, and then the, the wisdom and the age that comes with that is just like, you know, confidence. Um, so I love that idea of celebrating it. Um, I think you should, let's do it. Let's do it. I love that. So, um, Okay, so now you know it's a day. Yeah. Um, symptoms. There's 34 different symptoms associated with menopause wow, or okay. with the hormonal changes. So I always think of menopause like puberty, but the opposite is happening. Puberty, mm-hmm. our bodies are flooded with hormones mm-hmm. and they prepare us for all sorts of things. Menopause, hormones leave our bodies and it's preparing us for all sorts of things. Okay. Um, basically, I always say your second half of life, yeah. you know, health. And so those 34 symptoms are all things that occur in your body that were reliant on the levels of estrogen and progesterone that were um, at the levels that they were, mm-hmm. you know, that you needed for making babies or, you know, procreation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, as we move out of that, some of the symptoms, classics, hot flashes, um, you know, anxiety, a lot of emotional health and mood disorders mm-hmm. and de- a depression, um, a lot of women talk about rage, you know, that all mm. sits in that emotional health area. Like, where did this rage come from? Uh, it's normal. It's normal. And it's a phase, you know, mm. um, but that's a, a second area. Third, fatigue. Ex- you know, just a lot of women are like, I'm so tired. That's probably the top reported symptom okay. we get out of our menopause assessment. Huh. Um, jo- joint pain, hair loss, um, loss of libido, painful sex, you know, vaginal atrophy, um, weight gain, belly mm-hmm. fat, mm-hmm. um, 
joint fatigue, you know, joint pain and issues. Um, so there's, and that's what I went through a, a, some of the 34, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot nice. of, it's a lot of things that you don't typically associate with menopause. Mm. Um, but they're happening because the hormonal change in your body is, is doing what it's doing. Yeah. And how long does the, do these symptoms last for? Is it that 12 months you were talking about or does it occur, like still happen after that day, the menopause day? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, everyone, they say you can be in kind of this menopause transition between peri and post, uh-huh. um, 10 or two to 10 years to sometimes 15. Wow. Um, our chief medical officer at Genev, who's an OBGYN and certified by the North American Menopause Society, says, essentially, you're in postmenopause for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so... What we've done to try to help women see those 34 symptoms mapped in such a way so that we can almost start to have a journey like like we do when you're having a baby, like first trimester, mm. second, third, and fourth. Yeah. We've created five types or five kind of phases. Um, and we call it, you know, type one, two, three, four, five, premenopause, perimenopause, early postmenopause, late postmenopause, and then type five is it's hard to map where you're at because mm-hmm. you're either on like an IUD or you're mm-hmm. taking birth control or you had a hysterectomy or ablation or you've had chemo treatments mm-hmm. that forced you into menopause okay. or are masking menopausal symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we're what we're trying to do with that over time and the data we collect is just really try to help women um, see where they're at in the journey and explain why I'm experiencing the things I'm experiencing. Can you tell, and when I say us, I'm being, uh, um, you know, it's really for me. (laughs) I'm curious. I have this question. Um, How does your change in estrogen and progesterone create hot flashes? I do not know the biology behind that. I don't know. You know, I, and I won't get probably as scientific as you'd like to hear, because I too am not a biologist, <laughs> um, but there is a estrogen and progesterone, estrogen in particular plays a role in regulating your temperature in oh. your body. And as your levels are changing, yeah. your temperature is fluctuating right. and why that happens in some women, mm. the way it others is kind of, um, puzzling. Um, mm-hmm. for example, I started to get, I, I, I've had like one hot flash, I think in my life, but I had, I've been having night sweats, which are kind of hot flashes at night yeah. since I was 34. Mm. And, you know, there's kind of like, well, why, you know, um, don't really know. Um, but it, it is, um, it's a temperature regulation thing and how your hormones work. There's certainly cycles. So yeah. I, I know as I go through my cycle, I, get more night sweats. And when I'm off my cycle or when my, you know, I've ovulated and menstruated, Mm -hmm. um, the night sweats go away. So it's Mm. definitely correlated with how your hormones are regulating body temperature. Thank you. I have been wondering that (laughs) for a long time. Um, that's a lay person description or explanation for it. Well, our listeners are a lot of lay people. And so, and I, I love breaking down science so that anyone can understand. Um, how does, you know, I mean, it's, it may seem obvious how these symptoms affect a woman in her everyday life, but can you tell us some stories about like, so anyone who doesn't think they know anyone in menopause to trying to paint a picture, picture of what this woman's life may look like, you know, what's she dealing with in her life? 
Sure. Um, you know, let's take a working woman. Okay. So mm-hmm. she's in the office. She's got a big meeting. She sits down. She's menstruating right now. She has her period, which a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. We all have our periods, you know, mm-hmm. and um, periods become irregular during that perimenopause phase. You know, sometimes all of a sudden it's incredibly heavy and your tampon and or pad or combination of the both won't hold it all because yeah. there's just like a rush of fluid. Um, she's sitting in the chair. The meeting's over. She feels like something happened and she's scared to get up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, because periods are so unpredictable Mm -hmm. and also the flow is really um, unpredictable in terms of Mm. um, amount. That's one example. Another one at workplace that I hear is just as it was my turn to speak or to present, I flashed. Uh, I had a hot flash. And so there's a stress trigger yeah. that, um, and so a lot of women will go to presentations with a glass of cold water uh-huh. to help try to relieve that quickly before they get up to the podium mm. or up to the mic or in front of the room. Yeah. Um, that's another example. Um, we hear a lot from other women. Uh, wow. Every morning, I don't know why, but I just like I'm so angry at my husband, you know, I just want to bite his head off and he's done nothing wrong. And I don't know where this has come from. And he Mm kind of thinks I'm going crazy and I've asked, please be patient with me, but I don't know what's wrong. And so they think that something's wrong with them versus, you know what, this is just going to come every once in a while. It's hormones. I'm sorry. And, and you can also, you know, if you're right for hormone therapy, then that might be an option. Or there are also lifestyle mechanisms. You know, if you're triggered every day and there's a way that you can work to manage through it so that you don't bite his head off or whatever, um, you know, just being aware of it is is big. So those are three examples. Yeah, no, that's um, good. Yeah. That helps you understand a how, typical perimenopause woman any, anyhow. How many women are in menopause like currently? Like how big of a, how many people are struggling with this right now? So in the U.S., it's about 38 million women, wow. um, 2 million women per year age naturally into this category. Uh-huh. And if you think about the number of women who surgically kind of, you know, because they've had a hysterectomy mm-hmm. or, you know, cancer and have gone through chemo. So there's about 600,000 hysterectomies annually in the U.S. And um, from a cancer perspective, you know, one in eight women get breast cancer. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so you do the math around what percentage actually goes through chemo when they're pushed into menopause. So it's a, it's a big number. I think globally it's 800 million women. Wow. Um, it's a huge market. Every woman goes through this and, and to varying degrees. Yeah. And does, is Genev just serving the U S market or are you guys international? So we predominantly, um, our services, our products, our, our community and education, Mm -hmm. um, all can serve the U S um, and we're national. We have telehealth in 48 of the 50 States, including the district of Columbia. Mm -hmm. Um, internationally, we do have a sizable audience outside the United States. Um, we do ship our products, obviously our community and education are available. Um, but our services, our our practitioners are licensed, you know, medical licenses are licensed by state. So they're limited to the U S how many women are in your community? So today we have, um, about 25,000 who have actually engaged with us, like have used a service, a product. Um, we also sell our products on Amazon and, Uh you know, if you were to tally that up, that's another 80,000 women. (laughs) 
Um, if you were to look at all that have used our educational resources, um, that gets us closer to a half a million. And so we've kind of got a goal in 2020 to reach 1 million women in menopause oh, I love uh, across those things. Um, and so it's, again, the relationship is varying degrees, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, we're chipping away, chipping away at yeah. reaching more women. Well, listeners, if you know any women that are, <laughs> you know, a little older than 40, you should totally refer them to Genev because we're, I would love to help you hit that goal of a million. That's, it's so important. And like I said, so many people are coming on our podcast talking about menopause needs to be innovated. Menopause needs to be innovated. And so I'm so excited to be chatting with you about this. Um, do you, you know, are, is this a free service for women and then the products are paid for? Like, what about that community part? Can any woman just log on there and, and chat? Yeah. So what's, there's a, obviously a big free part and then there's a for pay. Mm-hmm. Um, the free is all of our education, our podcasts, our um, articles, our videos, um, our webinars. We do weekly webinars. Um, those are all free. Um, as well, on our site, we have the menopause assessment, mm-hmm. which you can take as an individual to get your quote unquote menopause type. That's free as well. Um, come, you know, fill it out. Um, give us your email because that's how you get your results. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to keep them secure and safe just to you. Yep. And then it's also in your health dashboard on our site. Um, if you do want to see a doctor or sign up for our membership um, to work with a health coach, because we, one thing we've learned, not every woman wants to take the medical route, you know, mm-hmm. with prescriptions and working with a physician. Yeah. They want to work more with a dietitian or a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. We have both. Um, and so if you want to book an appointment with a physician or if you want to sign up for a monthly membership to work with a coach or a naturopath, um, that those are for pay. So for an appointment, we've tried to price them. Um, it's it's direct. It's out of pocket. Women can certainly, if they have FSA or HSA coverage in their mm-hmm. insurance, can reimburse these services through mm-hmm. that. Um, but our appointment fees, we've tried to keep them comparable to copays. Yeah. Um, one is for a 15 minute appointment at forty five dollars. The other for a 30 minute at eighty five. Many women pick the 30 minute. <sighs> they want a conversation with a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's where what we do is unique and different. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of relationship associated with menopause. There's a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of women will go for that longer appointment. On the membership side, um, it's 25 per month um, with a coach. If you want to kind of unlimited access to a team, which is a coach and a physician, it's Mm -hmm. 75 per month. Um, And then the products are extra. If you are in one of those membership plans, we'll bundle those products in for you so Mm -hmm. you don't have extra uh, to pay for on the product side. Cool. Well, you know, as you know, my background in VC and stuff, thinking about business models and the consumer, I always think about like a lot of menopause women, like women going through menopause are usually like high up in their careers and have money to spend. Right. And they also like have felt quote unquote, relatively comfortable for a few decades. And then all of a sudden they're really uncomfortable with uh, unpredicted symptoms, you know? Um, so I always just think about like, that's a great consumer to target in an investor standpoint. I think all women deserve to be empowered and feel well, but like from an investor standpoint, these women are like, Oh no, you can take 85. (laughs) I want 30 minutes. You know, I want to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or we'll, we'll offer discounts on our products it doesn't really drive any more sales. This, mm-hmm. this audience is less um, sensitive to price. Yeah. Um, however, 
We do. We are a platform for all or yeah. as many as yeah. can afford. And so mm-hmm. we, we do try to keep everything priced so that we can reach the masses. Yeah. Um, people on the coast, middle America, um, everybody, all of them. What, um, you said this earlier and then you said it again. I'm really interested in, uh, how does nutrition affect menopause? How could nutrition changing your diet help you? So, you know, um, obviously with the energy component and, you know, nutrition's huge, but there are also certain foods that can, um, keep minimize hot flashes Mm. that can be mood boosters that can help you sleep better. Sleep is really compromised in menopause. That was one symptom I missed when I was listing them (laughs) earlier. Um, and so really getting kind of, um, what our coaches end up doing a lot is food journaling. Mm. They'll even have their clients take them into their food pantry and help them put together meals and ideas and thoughts. Um, but then also to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients because bone health is huge. Mm. Um, also, this is also the time, especially for women who get into postmenopause, mm-hmm. on the other side of that 12-month mark, to start thinking about brain health, bone health, and heart health because all those three are highly impacted now by your new state of decreased hormones in your body. Um, and so getting the right diet in place to guard your body for long-term health is, is really important during well, this time. I, I've heard of, you know, women's hormones affecting bone health, but I, I hadn't really heard about hormones affecting the brain and the heart. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. You know, specifically with brain, and I'm actually part of a, a study right now because um, Alzheimer's is, is very rampant in my family. Mm. Um, as we age and as estrogen leaves our bodies, Again, it's moisture. Our skin can dry up. Our vaginas dry up. Um, but also the gray matter in our brains wow. that protect our, 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 you know, our gray matter in our heads yep. that protect our brain. Yep. That starts to shrivel up too mm. because the estrogens declined. Yeah. And so it makes women more susceptible to Alzheimer's than even men. Women get it at two to three rates of men. Yes. Um, and there is one researcher. She's a neuroscientist as well as a nutritionist. Um, Dr. Lisa Moscone, um, she's an advisor on our medical advisory board. She just published the book XX Brain, um, and it mm. talks about her study in women's health um, and brain health and how we can prevent. She believes we could prevent so much Alzheimer's and dementia if we adjusted our diet. Wow. And I cannot wait to read that. Yeah, science and data behind it. Um, I'm part of the study, and I, I just think the work she's doing is amazing. Mm. So that's that's brain. You asked about heart. Um, same way we work with a cardiologist, um, here in Seattle called, uh, Dr. Sarah Speck. And she has studied how, um, as women get into that postmenopause phase and our, our again, our estrogen levels are lower, mm-hmm. cholesterol can build up faster as a result. Okay. So women will even go on hormone therapy who can go on it, whether it's a patch or a systemic um, to keep that cholesterol at bay. Mm-hmm. But if he, she was one example, she said, I had been on a patch for 10 years and I was now in my sixties, you know, it's time to get off it. Yeah. And so as soon as she went off the patch, her cholesterol really shot up. Okay. Um, so she now really works on lifestyle mechanisms. Like her belief is if you walk 30 minutes a day, even if it's in increments of 10 minutes each, that will do the same as a statin for lowering, huh. you know, blood pressure, um, associated with heightened cholesterol. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a couple of really interesting correlations there that you don't typically think about. Yeah. Do you think that 
well, first, let me ask, is the research around the brain stuff and the heart stuff very new? Because one of the things, the topics that keep coming up on this podcast is we didn't know till only three years ago, <laughs> or this is what we think is happening, but actually no one's even looked in it really for women at least. Right. And so is this old science, new science? Like, what is this? You know, it's new and it's limited yet. Um, I, I think you're you're hitting on such a key point that we believe there's so little medical research on women's health yes. um, and this area in particular. Mm-hmm. And so these are all independent researchers or, um, you know, uh, individuals. There's not a lot of funding uh, generally, mm-hmm. period. Um, and if funding is going to be done on cardiovascular disease, it's always still proportionately done on men mm-hmm. versus women. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think, a flaw in our medical research, just kind of what's always been done, yeah. way of doing things. Yeah. And so that shift hasn't started yet. Um, these, it, it is relatively new research that I'm kind of quoting, or at least people who are working on it. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's obviously gaining some speed and, mm-hmm. and growing little by little. Yeah, when I was in undergrad, I did an internship in Alzheimer's lab, and they taught us and this is let's see, nine years ago, not e- I mean, maybe eight or seven years ago. And we learned that women have more Alzheimer's than men because women just live longer. And then that was like the end of the discussion. And um, I mean, I bought it at 19, 20. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Sure. You know, dear professors, you know. And then um, just recently, this past year, I saw an article and I wonder if it's the same doctor that's, you know, working with y'all. She said, that's such garbage. The statistics don't add up that there's not that many more older women than men that are getting Alzheimer's. And she said something about menopause. And I I bet it's the same. It's the same one. But I remember reading that title and I was like, I was part, you know, I just accepted it, too. You know, but it's like, how many other paradigms do we hear? And we just say, oh, okay," And no one's like, wait, hold up. Like, I literally did a little tiny formula and it doesn't add up. Like, maybe we should look into that more. Huh. Yeah, yeah, no, it probably was. I know she's been published in the New York Times probably, um, then, yeah. on the, the correlations, you know, between Alzheimer's and menopause um, in women. So, yeah, yeah. It, but you know what? You're, you got that from a trusted source from yeah. a university course. Why mm-hmm. would you not believe it? Yeah. Um, so I it, we're all part of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's the job of the activist and the scientist to ask more questions like really really what is the graph where's the data right um what are women on your platform you know telling you like do you have any you know feedback or reviews or what are what are women experiencing after they use your platform you know if they use just the education and specifically coming out of the menopause assessment Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god thank god i'm normal it's just (laughs) almost like an instant relief Mm -hmm. um because they kind of literally always often say to us, I thought I was going crazy. So that's, that's kind of the number one thing. Um, I think number two in our post patient and post, you know, even engagement on health fix surveys that we do, um, then very positive results specifically around, thank God I finally got my questions answered Mm. because a lot of women have with their regular doctor first and their doctor 
again, because they don't have education in menopause, Mm -hmm. um, they kind of either say, oh, you're just going to have to suck it up or it's part of life Mm -hmm. or it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. And women are like, no, there's something here. And I want someone who will, who knows about it, who will have a conversation with me about it. And so that notion of, I finally got my questions answered and now I have a solution, whether it's a prescription, whether it is just guidance and advice, whether it's changing their lifestyle, yeah, that's, it's, it's getting an answer for unanswered questions is kind of the second thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one insight we're hearing a lot right now in whether it's appointments or the regular, you know, text and video chats that our coaches have with their clients is um, women are really struggling with isolation and anxiety. Mm. And we're in a state of, you know, uncertainty right now Mm -hmm. um, in coming out of or in the pandemic um, Mm -hmm. that has become the the new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so dealing a lot of women will come to say, I want to get rid of my hot flashes or lose weight or whatever. And the engagement over time really ends up focusing on their, how they're feeling, you know, whether it's isolation, whether it's feeling like no one appreciates them, whether they feel alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of that, that we work on. And, and to me, when you think about innovating in menopause, there is no quick pill or no questionnaire that's going to solve it. That yeah. to me also says relationships still matter in this part of women's health um, because we see it every day. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point because I was thinking like, do you ever think the negative effects of menopause will ever be cured? And it's like, well, there's 35 symptoms. I doubt there's going to be one patch, one pill, one diet that actually cures all 35 of them. And so do you think the future of menopause is just, you know, um, ending isolation, making them not feel crazy emotionally, right? Thinking they're not alone. um, And then just like handling the symptoms? Or do you ever do you ever think that there's going to be a, a pill that helps all of this? You know, no, um, I don't think there'll ever be a pill because I think this is the first time, well, it's kind of like puberty. There's such a blend of biology and, and social, Mm. um, that is changing in the person, um, that no one medication could deal, you know, could manage that. Um, I think more and more, the more that women are made aware of it, half of it is just knowing Mm -hmm. it's just knowing what's happening in your body. Cause when you have uncertainty, your mind is in all sorts of directions and things are way worse until you kind of at least have an answer. Like you're like, I just, I wish I had an answer. I wish I knew at least what it was and then I could cope with it. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, and that to me feels like such a low bar. Um, so the (laughs) more, you know, it's awareness. And so for us to just start doing that with our assessment and with the education resources that we've published and it's free that is, yeah. that is just job number one. Um, and then you can say, okay, now let's help you manage and get control of your health. Mm. And there's going to be a combination of medication over the counter or prescription and change that you're going to have to make mm-hmm. to feel or, or to get the quality of life that you say you want. Cause a mm. lot of women will say, I just want my quality of life back. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a new way you have to live in this stage of life. Um, it might be letting go of red wine and drinking white or, you know, knowing that, you, you know, you've got to balance, you know, your diet with more of greens and God, if you just don't feel like it and you just really want a chocolate chip cookie that day, it's okay. Just like make yourself happy. Like yeah. that's okay. You yeah. know, um, when we look at the women that we work with in this stage of life, 
imposing fewer rules, but saying, how do you a get happy with your body type? Because it's probably not going to be the same that it was before. You know, how do you feel good in your body to Mm -hmm. get some movement into it? It's all about adjusting to the new normal Mm -hmm. um, versus trying to change to make you stay the way you were when you were 35 years old. Yeah, I guess it's it's like the reality, like a 12 year old starting to wear deodorant, you can't go back. Like you just got to get used to wearing deodorant. <laughs> That's great. The I new love, normal. I'm so going to use that. That's great. Yep. Uh, um, do you yeah. have educational webinars for men? Like should men be educated on what's happening? They totally should. We haven't had one yet, but it comes up all the time. And we get men that actually come to us to say, help me help my partner or my yeah. wife. Um, they want to know, mm-hmm. you know, they want to understand it. Um, Women don't know how to talk to them about it, mm-hmm. um, especially when they don't know what mm-hmm. it is. So I think you're absolutely right. We need to have one for men. We've talked about doing something and just haven't yet. Yeah, because there's, um, you know, talking about motherhood stuff, uh, you know, a lot. And I'm always kind of throwing into the mix, like, yeah, there should be these classes for moms, but also like there's lots of single dads, you know, um, that could probably use this information too. We shouldn't assume moms are the only ones raising a child or being the advisor. And, you know, so I think about, you know, how do we, because I'm very much about this is not a female founder industry. Everyone should care about women's health and wellness. Saying it's a female founder only industry actually worsens our case everyone should be concerned and funding it right and leading it and talking about it and so I always try to think about like where's the man in this part and so well let us know when you have a male uh webinar because we will promote it because this is about everyone caring about women's health and wellness thank you yeah I will I will and that's a great idea I'm totally gonna put that back on our list so (laughs) thanks for the reminder um so our listeners love these last two questions um the first one is we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs who uh, want to get into femtech, but they don't know what to build. So what are some other areas in femtech that you think need innovating? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think areas in femtech that need innovating uh, definitely. Um, well, you know, The notion of prevention is not sexy in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, America fights kind of prevention sort of medicine. But, you know, even in what you and I were just talking about with with brain health and and heart health, how do we start to drive women to live preventative or or to drive more preventative kind of behaviors and medicine into Mm. their lives? Not enough attention. So it's like we keep kind of inching towards the older, older, older. So we started with a lot of menstrual innovation, you know, Mm -hmm. and then there was like obviously pregnancy, mom, Mm -hmm. new mom innovation, and then fertility and then pelvic floor, you know, and sexual, sexual wellness and, um, and pleasure. Um, and now menopause, it's like, we kind of keep inching older and older. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think brain and heart health in women and bone, um, could stand to use a lot of innovation because, the populations are massive. Um, they have spending power from mm. an economic standpoint. And there's just a lot that can be done there to engage users, whether it's in fitness associated, whether it's in diet, 
whether it is in medications or supplements, um, whether it's just purely in education or community sorts of initiatives. Yeah. Um, healthy aging is a big market that mm. I think still has a lot of room to grow in. Mm-hmm. And from a femtech perspective, yeah. by all means, all the attention is put on men in that part of life. Yeah. And there's a lot that needs to be done for women. That And that may actually be one of the easier markets to tap into because it's less taboo. It's bones, heart, brain, yeah. you know, aging. It's not as taboo. So talk about periods and, um, but, and, and not, but, but, and, there's a lot of money already there. And, but if we can shift that money to be like, this is great. We're studying Alzheimer's. Can we take a little bit of that over here and just look at women's brains? You know, can yeah. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So that's one. The other, I would come back to mental health and I'll even bring it back to emotional health. I know mental health is kind of very popular right now. There's a lot going on. Um, how do you make money at it? How do you scale it? Mm. That's a tough thing too on the business side. Mm-hmm. But I think when you think about emotional health for women, specifically focused on them, um, I think it looks different than mm. for the general public and for a Headspace app or Talkspace or something yeah. like that. Um, I think there's a lot there we don't we don't know or hasn't been studied or hasn't been tried. It is a topic that comes up for us all the time. Yeah. And so we are thinking about emotional health for women. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, but I think there's something very specific that needs to be done for women in that area, whether it's devices, methodologies, um, practices, Mm -hmm. lifestyle work. I don't know, but it's, it's also, Mm -hmm. and I think especially as we think about the new normal coming out of pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a couple year, a couple years that when people will, and specifically women who, I think are picking up the brunt of a lot of the mm-hmm. impacts of what's what we're all doing in lockdown or mm-hmm. lost jobs or in the healthcare frontline, mm-hmm. um, that the mental health and our emotional health is really going to have to take a step up and, and work harder for them. Oh, I love it. Um, our last question is, what do you think femtech as an industry needs the most right now to be successful? Money. Um, Money makes things happen. It just does. You know that from your VC days. Um, And I know when we landed our funding last fall, um, it fundamentally changed my business. You can have ambition, data, insights, understanding, you know, even some users. But once you can put some funding into that Mm -hmm. to amplify that, there's such a need out there. and, and so it just continues to need more funding. I think there's a lot of great work, great minds, great people working in it right now. Yeah. It just needs more funding. Do you think that that looks like having new funds come up or shifting current funds into femtech? I think um, I'm happy with either. With <laughs> You're like, wherever the, the it one, comes from, yeah, I don't the care. One, the one thing with it, <laughs> I'm just like, please, uh, you know, <laughs> however... I do think it takes an investor like femtech needs a dose of investor mindsets that have worked in other industries Mm -hmm. so that because we have a scale problem. We want to be high touch. We want to be all supportive of the woman. So we also have to get smarter on how to scale things and be more efficient. And that's where older funds who have that experience might be really good in that space. I love it. Because to make this sustaining, you've got to have, and, and to get more investment, you've got to have, like I always say, menopause is big money. Mm-hmm. Have we figured out why it's big money yet? 
we're getting there, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that's where old funds have that institutional knowledge, whereas yeah. a new fund um, that doesn't uh-huh. um, or new money, you know, is just going to continue to pour while it's good. They might be more all about the woman and get what women need and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also got to know how to scale this that's to make right. it respectable and be seen as a, a key investment area. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think I could talk to you for another hour. This has been so awesome. And it's been so great to talk about menopause because it has been talked about literally every day. And I'm finally so excited to have my biology questions answered. And uh, I know our listeners have probably been like, when is the menopause coming on? Because everyone's saying it needs help. (laughs) So this has been so fun, Jill. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, I love your questions your and your insights. And I, thank you for doing this and for shining a light on it, Brittany. It's just, it's great what you're doing. Thank Honestly, you. it's my pleasure. It gives me life, especially in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, that's awesome. If, if this is giving you life in yep. quarantine, we need more of it. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Jill. Bye. Goodbye. All right. Thank you for listening to my interview with Jill Angelo, CEO and founder of Genev. You can learn more about the online clinic for better menopause health at Genev.com. Again, I really want to know if you think having a happy menopause day is a good idea. Let's hashtag it. Let's trend it, y'all. All right. And if you or someone you know is entering menopause and has some questions, Genev, it would be a great place to tell them to check out information and telemedicine and, you know, webinars to get all of those questions and things that we don't openly talk about answered. Now, if you love this podcast as much as I love recording it, then please subscribe, support us, find us on all the social channels, talk to us there, subscribe, comment, rate, review, and share the podcast. That is the only way that we're going to grow. And you guys have been doing an amazing job. As of right now, we have about 700 subscribers, and I'm sure once this episode drops, it's going to be way more than that. So we are growing like wildfire. People want to know about women's health and wellness, and uh, that is just so exciting. So remember to keep innovating in femtech because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. Mm-hmm.